her that her father should suddenly object. Father, she said, forcing herself to remain calm. Why are you concerned about the daycare center now? He looked tired and drawn, and so unlike himself, that she immediately had been worried. I'd assumed, he'd shouted, his expression furious, that given time, you'd come to your senses. Judy attempted to disguise a smile. I don't find this subject the least bit amusing, young lady. Yes, father. You have a degree from one of the finest universities in this country. I expect you to use the brain the good Lord gave you and make something of yourself. Yes, father. Try living off what you make taking care of other women's children and see how far that gets you in this world. She touched her mouth with her linen napkin and motioned with her head to Bentley, who promptly removed her plate. The English butler had been with the family since long before Judy was born. He sent her a sympathetic look. Do we need the money, father? She asked. In retrospect, she realized she probably shouldn't have spoken in such a flippant tone. But to hear her father, it sounded as if they were about to become destitute. Charles Levin completely lost his temper at that, hitting the table so hard that his spoon shot into the air and hit the crystal chandelier with a loud clang, shocking them both. I demand that you resign today. And with that, he tossed his napkin on his plate and stormed from the room. Judy sat for a long moment as the shock settled over her. Gradually, the numbness subsided, and she pushed back her genuine Queen Anne chair. All the furniture in the Levin home had been in the family for generations. Many considered this a priceless antique. Judy considered it a dining room chair. Bentley appeared then, a crisp linen towel folded over his forearm. He did love ceremony. I'm sure he didn't mean that, miss. He spoke out of the corner of his mouth, barely moving his lips. It had always amused Judy that Bentley could talk like that, and she assumed he'd acquired this talent from years of directing help during dinner parties and other formal gatherings. Thank you, Bentley, she said, grinning. I'm sure you're right. He winked then, and Judy returned the gesture. By the time she arrived at the daycare center, she'd put the thought of resigning out of her mind. Tonight, when she got home, her father would be his kind, loving self again. He would apologize for his outrageous tantrum, and she would willingly forgive him. Miss Judy, Miss Judy! Tammy, a lively little girl, jumped to her feet and threw her arms around her teacher's neck. That's a beautiful story! Judy returned the wholehearted hug. I love it, too. Did Beauty and the Beast love each other? Forever and ever? Oh, yes. Did they have lots of little beasts? I'm sure they did. But remember, the beast wasn't a beast any longer. Beauty's love turned him into a handsome prince, Jennifer exclaimed, exceedingly proud of herself. Bobby, a blonde preschooler with pale blue eyes, folded his arms across his chest and looked grim. 
Do you know any stories about policemen? That's what I want to be when I grow up. Judy affectionately ruffled the little boy's hair. I'll see if I can find a story just for you tomorrow. The boy gave her a wide smile and nodded his head. Good thing. I'm tired of mushy stories. Now, Judy said, setting the book aside. It's time to do some finger painting. A chorus of cheers rose from the small group, and they scurried to the tables and chairs. Judy stood up and reached over her head to the tall cupboards for the paper and paints. You know what I love most about the beast? Jennifer said, lagging behind. What's that? Judy withdrew an apron from the top shelf and tied it around her waist. Her brown hair fell in soft curves, brushing her shoulders, and she pushed it.